0: every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chinuch We are back as we do every Monday between 2 to 3, where we discuss education, what's happening around the world, what's happening In our community, what's happening in our homes, and our families, between us, how can we be better people? How can we inspire other people? What kind of role models do we want to be? And how can we just be, I guess, great parents, educators? I think we'll focus more about parents today since it's holidays, Uh, fairly, I could say, probably almost for everybody already. Last week, it was kind of half-half, but now pretty much the majority are in holidays here in South Africa. So, yeah, how do we go through holidays? What do we do? How do we keep everybody in a calm, friendly, nice um, environment at home? Is it even possible if we don't go out? If we do go out, what do we do? For that, we're going to have a great chat later on today in the show with Heidi Bohm, a psychologist that is involved a lot in the educational side and in homes, involved with kids, teenagers, family interventions. We can get in here how we can focus on this holidays. Before we start, I just want to share with you a, just a thought that sh- sh- struck me. I mean, in the past week, every Israeli I know, and I know quite a lot since I am Israeli, who's on social media, WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, was shared with a video. A video of some interview from Sweden, I think. Taking place at the Khoisel, while a lady who is accidentally crossing the area stops right in front of the camera and shouts out and yells for her husband two, three times, and she's caught in a very, very, very um, uncomfortable, not nice um, view. She doesn't, it's not her best performance. However, that's something that happens to all of us, that we will shout out to somebody. But she was caught in a very uncomfortable position, right in front of the Koisel. And people were laughing. And it went out again and again and again and again. And every every social media was there. And people were copying it, making jokes out of it, uh, um, acting it, doing many, many, many things. And just a few days later, a day later, two days later, on the national radio, TV, they had interviews with her husband. And he kind of was begging. He said, guys, stop. We were at the Koisel. My wife tried to call me. She was caught on camera, not in the most friendly position. Big deal. It happens to all of us. Why is this going on that everybody's forwarding this and laughing? Which created a very big discussion about... What do we pass on? Every funny video that comes, every cute thing. What is the cost in other people's embarrassment lives? Who are we hurting on the way? And how can we be even safe that it won't strike us? Even though, even if we're safe, it won't strike us. Why would we want to do that to other people? And that's a very big discussion happening in Israel right now. Obviously, I'd love to hear your opinion about it. Oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine. Oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine. Or you can send us an SMS, 34519, or even an email on air at, at com. That was the first part of the comments that I wanted to say. How do we stop this? How do we, or should we not? Let's just enjoy a laugh, a laugh, or we must say, we need to make sure that even if we got this video 50 times, we will not pass it on to anybody. How can we take responsibility about that? But I noticed another point about the, this video that went viral and everybody was watching. The interview took place in 2013, which means this was on the market for five years, I'd say almost and it was just in Sweden it was put on the on a show on a kids show as as a as a, something that happened as a mistake and then last week it was on TV again five years later In I, I really think it's Sweden I'm not sure which country. if anybody wants to correct me, that's fine three four five one nine is the SMS line, O six one eight nine five one oh one nine is the WhatsApp line. And it strikes me because many times when I to young speak to young teenagers and I say, you know, you're 12, 13, 14, 15, you're posting stupid stuff, you're putting things on your profile, and they always tell me, well I can delete it. Well nobody's gonna see you see I've been doing this for half a year. Nobody knows and why are you so concerned Why am I so concerned? Because here's a video that was taken five years ago, and this lady had a beautiful life for five years since the video was taken, and overnight, this video went viral and destroyed her life almost, or I don't know what it did to her. Are we careful? Do we realize that something that we put on, posted, we feel safe about it because, yeah, we can always delete it, yeah, we can always, uh, um, nobody's going to remember Yes, I went to a party that my school doesn't let and took the risk. Everybody's there with phones. Everybody's phoning. You never know where will come up and when. How can we let our kids today have the weapon of the phone and risk what's going to happen five years down? What's going to happen when they, I don't know, they decide to get married and something very unpleasant comes out right before? Or they're dating or whatever it is. Do we realize the tremendous risk that we have? By taking pictures everywhere, and do we really understand that anything can show up at any time anywhere? Just a thought. Please comment on that. Tell me what you think about it. If there's anything we should do as we do many times on this show, take a project and discuss it. Should we be discussing that? O six one eight nine five one oh one nine. That's the WhatsApp line. Three four five one nine is the SMS line. You could send us an email on air at highfm.com or even call in. O one oh one four oh three oh two oh. So now that we're in holidays, um, I'd like to uh, welcome the first guest for today, Heidi Bo. Hi, Reba. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank You're a you psychologist, me. correct? And you work within the educational system and privately with kids, homes, families. Um, holidays. Where do we, how do we even approach? How do we create a nice and safe environment at home? How would we? What would be the first step? in establishing a nice, pleasant, calm, if even possible, holidays.
1: So I definitely think it is possible to establish that. I think especially after a term like this where a lot of the children have just finished exams and they're feeling very stressed and anxious, they kind of need to deflate and relax.
0: And parents and, finished exams for their <laughs> kids. are also absolutely, very
1: stressed. absolutely. I think it's a very stressful time. So I do think that it, we need to create that kind of stress-free, calm environment within our homes. Um, I think it's such a marvelous opportunity not to be in the hurry up, let's go, we're late kind of mode. So I think that also takes off a huge amount of pressure and stress. At the same time, we know that children thrive on boundaries and routines and structures. And often in the holidays, all those things seem to fall apart. And you have kids who are floundering, um so I think there needs to be some sort of a structure to the day that allows some sort of predictability for your child so they know they're going to get up at a certain time and have breakfast, whatever the morning routine know is. Know what's happening. Know what's happening. And then to plan as a family, what do we want to do in this holiday? What kind of things would we like to do? And they don't necessarily have to be big outings. It could be a picnic in the park, it could be riding your bike somewhere, it could just be a matter of um, planned art activities or science experiments or right. something that you choose to do as a family at home. So,
0: but how can we create a pro- platform like that when we have a big family, a variety of kids? Let's say I have one child who's a teenager and one child that's four years old, right. and the teenager says, "Just leave me alone. I want to wake up at ten o'clock, do nothing, and and just relax and chill." Hey, yeah, I'm sure everybody's <laughs> laughing. Ten o'clock. Yeah, you wish. But whatever it is, whenever Rad. it is, and the four year old is up six o'clock in the morning, ready to roll.
1: Right. So I think that is, it's always tricky trying to balance everybody's needs. So um, maybe like a little family meeting to discuss what it is that each child would like to do in the holiday. Sometimes there might be some overlap and there are going to be activities that are not going to be suitable for younger and older children. They're going to not be activities that a boy would like to do, but the girls would think was amazing. So I think that perhaps structuring. So if we know the little ones are up early, mum can be available to do something with with the younger kids at that stage, and when the older kids merge out of their beds at whatever it's time, sometime for them, some time. For them it doesn't necessarily always have to be together. But I do encourage that there is some altogether family together. time.
0: Okay, we'll get. But we do have to take a short break, and we'll get right back to it. Um, how do we actually? It maybe use this time for a discussion between um, different age groups in the family and also feeling bad a bit for mom who has to be with the teenagers at night and at 6 o'clock in the morning with the little kids. We'll get to that after a short break. This is Soul, Soul to Soul, Soul on 101.9 High FM. 101.9, 101.9. High FM. We are back. Okay, right before the break, we were in the middle of a fascinating discussion here with Heidi Baum, a psychologist. Um, discussing keeping boundaries and keeping a schedule and having kids at home and family kind of know what's going to happen and getting everybody tuned in. And the big discussion we had was when we have different age groups, they keep different um, time schedules, I guess, (laughs) or don't keep time schedules. Depends how you look at it. So how do we deal with that?
1: So I think what we were saying before is that perhaps dividing up the time so that, you know, when your younger kids are awake, the parents are available and do something with the younger kids. And then when your older kids emerge, something then with them and having something structured, I suppose, for the little ones when you're busy with your older children doing something. But I also think it's very important that... The whole family comes together at some point and does something as a whole family unit, the four, the 16-year-old, whatever it is, inclusive. Because I think often during the school term, we're so busy with school and extramurals and late finishing times, that the family doesn't always necessarily connect. And I think it's vitally important. And he has a great opportunity. So somewhere in the week, there should be something.
0: Some family interaction.
1: 100%.
0: Where do the parents come into this? Do the parents take time during holidays? Do they wait for after holidays? What do they do?
1: I think that a lot of parents don't have the privilege of being on leave at the same time and that they're working. But I'm not saying that it needs to be a whole day's outing. It could be just an hour of something special that the family does together. Um, if both parents can be involved, great. If that's not you know, always possible, maybe one week the dad takes off an hour and one week the mother takes off an hour and has that time with the kids together. It,
0: you know. It's difficult. Right. But oh, oh, let me ask on the other side. Let's say parents do have a, a few days off together with their kids or in education or whatever it is that they could have the opportunity. Can is Would it work and is it fair for them to approach the kids and say, OK, so but by the way, from two to three, it's mom and dad's time alone. That's when we're chilling. That's when we need our time or kind of try to avoid that during holidays.
1: I think it's vitally important that the parents have their own time out. You know, We're just as exhausted as the kids, and we also need to connect as a, as a couple. So I do think that's, that is necessary. Um, maybe sometimes that time doesn't have to be during the day. Maybe it could be later in the 100%. evening when the kids are asleep. You know, But I think it's okay for the mom and dad to say, listen, we're going out from 2 to 3. Or whatever, yeah, it is. don't forget do. yourself. Right. right? Yeah.
0: Okay, so how do we come, how do we run, let's uh, talk about a technical level. How do we run a meeting like, a family meeting like that? So mm-hmm. we have a family meeting, beginning of holidays, everybody's completely interested in what they're doing, their times, um, with their cell phones or without, or mm-hmm. whatever it is, uh, regarding mm-hmm. what we spoke before. How do we get them together?
1: Right. So I think that it's quite cool when you, whenever we've approached children and said, hey, we're having a family meeting, they all get very excited. It sounds kind of exciting and important. Um, Where you guys all sit down, I would make it a bit of a screen t- free time so that everybody's attention is actually focused on the meeting. And then I would say to each child, what is it that you would like to do this holiday? And give every child an opportunity. You know, if it's a big family, write it down. There might be some overlap. There might be one kid who says, no, definitely don't want to do that. But I think there's a huge um, amount of learning that comes from it. We need to compromise. We need to hear somebody else's opinion. Why is it that they want to go there? Why don't you want to go there? I think there's a lot of life skills that will happen in a family meeting like that. Um, Also, different elements, not necessarily... What the girls want to do is something the boys don't want to do, what younger kids can do as opposed to what older kids can do. So I think there is negotiation that needs to happen. How to, to get happen. everybody tuned in. Tuned in. But I'm almost certain that every family can find one activity that's a, a suitable for all the children.
0: Right. Well, one of the things that I've been hearing from parents lately is that um, kind of the kids, are, are ex- their expectations sometimes are way out of, Proportion. I mean, you have this family meeting and you say, okay, what would you like to do this holiday? And the, the 14-year-old was like, well, may, I don't know, parachuting, maybe <laughs> perhaps with an elephant or I don't know, like right. these ideas that are completely – and, and when you have something, some family nice fun time together, they're kind of disappointed. How can we get the excitement in the simple things?
1: So I think i I hear what you're saying that there are there's huge expectations, and I think it's worthwhile hearing the kids and then saying, "Well, that would be awesome, but you know that simply can't happen for whatever reason it is, and explaining it to them and bringing it down and saying. On the other hand, we could do X, Y, and Z, which could be, you know, fun as well. Um, I think children, because their expectations are so big and they're fed in so many ways about all these wow factors, that they do not necessarily enjoy the small pleasures in life. And that's, I think, uh, it's our job as parents to expose them to that and to teach them. And I think it's how mm. we broach it. If we're excited and we're raring to go, we'll get our children to come along with us.
0: They'll read what we're excited from. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, because i think a lot of times their friends w- on social media are are showing these pictures of these amazing things but they're not showing the day-to-day fun things so they kind of you see what everybody's doing you see what's everybody's happening and not really enjoying the simple times of life yeah. okay so if we're excited about it we're connected we kind of can get the kids involved in it right and what what would you say about actually maybe trying to create the home as a fun environment like I know sometimes personally in our house it works, but I'm, I'm sure there's many different approaches, but even to take the time for the younger kids to learn how to cook, how to um, manage at home, how to kind of do fun stuff. You make dinner tonight, make an exciting event
1: Absolutely. I think that we also because everybody's expecting it to be big and outside outside of the house there's things at home that we can do, very simple I think it takes a little bit of prep on the parents behalf, make sure that you've got some if you're going to do cooking you've got some nice recipes and whatever ingredients you need ready, some extra art activities that that you put in, extra art supplies that are there, maybe some science experiments, there's some really great science experiments and kids really do get involved and excited about it if the soccer ball's popped or the netball's Pop, make sure, you know, you've got a new ball out there. And I think it's about us also just saying to the kid and structuring the day a little bit. You know, you're going to wake up this morning. We're going to play outside for an hour and a half. We're going to then read a book. We're going to have lunch, you know, giving them some sort of right. structure that's healthy. So, so what that you're saying they is very
0: important that The parents are prepared as well. Don't come to the meeting not knowing what to suggest.
1: Absolutely. You have to be… And also have some ideas up your sleeves on outings that you know could work for you know, your variety of ages so that you've got suggestions that are also... I suppose we also have to be careful. Some of these outings are extremely, extremely expensive. We have to have balance off, you know, the outings that cost a lot of money with things that are not necessary, that are free or, you know, don't right. cost so much.
0: I actually saw that, uh, I actually got a vibe a few times from when they did their expensive activities. They weren't even as fun because when you have mom and dad there and, and they're stressing about how much it's costing and they're not there emotionally to enjoy the fun because they're like, Okay, well, how do I cover this even? Yeah. Then they're not having fun with their kids and it just doesn't work.
1: Right. A kind and of self-defeating. Be,
0: yeah, they get pa- parents need to be comfortable and enjoy the outing it's, itself actually. Absolutely. So, the biggest question I used to get 2 years ago, 3 years ago, 4 years ago used to be what do you think about letting our kids play on the computer, letting them play on um Watch movies during holidays. It's a nice solution, limited, etc. which turned into like in the last half a year, year, people call me and say, they, they don't ask anymore what my opinion is. They're like, what's your opinion and how long should we let them be in the computer? <laughs> it has changed quite a lot from what do you think about the idea to how long do you think about that idea? Before you add to that, I just want to refer you a few days ago. Uh, the World Health Organization has published that they are considering, and they actually um, listed computer games as a mental disease. So maybe that changes a bit of the of the, of the picture, which is frightening, Absolutely. because who who doesn't have exposure to it? And how when do we decide that it actually became an addiction? When is it not an addiction? How do we balance things? Well, well, let's start touching on to that topic a bit.
1: Okay, So I think this is a very, very popular buzz kind of topic right now, and there's lots being read and said about it. Um, I think the reality is, is that our kids are exposed to screens, whatever they are. And it's our job to, to monitor what they're seeing, what they're doing on their screens, and how much time they're being exposed to it, because – there's some frightening research that shows that children who are on screens, um, if they put those children through an MRI and they put a cocaine addict through an MRI, the same regions in the brain are lighting up because it's, it affects the, the brain in, in the same way. Um, that's
0: amazing. And that's more in games than in videos to a certain degree?
1: So it said that um, the research that I read recently, like if it's a more violent kind of game, it's more predominant, the lighting okay. up in the regions of the brain. But this was just on ordinary going through social media and things like that. So they were saying that it increases or um, it decreases all the dopamines and that it actually your brain starts wanting more because it's flattened and you therefore has the same kind of like addictive need that people would have to uh, other addictive right. substances.
0: A, a, a bit over a year ago, I think it was a bit of a year already, not sure, there was somebody on this show, and his job is to teach companies how to create games that are addictive and how to create uh, games that will last. Because he said, if I want a company to make a lot of money off a game, they need to have 10,000 hours off the game. That's a top success, which is, by the way, the amount of hours you need to become a pilot. <laughs> so... Obviously, not all the games get there, and just a few, but that's their goal. And they work and with the psychology of making it addictive. And mm-hmm. he actually, I think, he even said that videos is more about drawing you in to watch it, but they don't need you to watch it again and again and again, the same video. So it's a bit of exciting, but not as addictive. Right. When the games, they only make money if you get become addictive. So, he was actually speaking about it from his professional side, but it came out kind of clear that videos are much better in a way than the games, since the games are really completely to have um, connect to be addicted to it. Saying that he yes, also said there's a lot of dangers in that area regarding online games, who can be on the other side, etc. Very very dangerous situations, even terrorists. Absolutely. Um, so how do we approach? Because, and here I need to hear from you as a professional, because, you know, um, you, what you tell you, you can't tell you, to, or maybe you could, but a lot of our parents feel that we can't come to a parent and say, this holiday is no computer. This holiday is 25 minutes a week, uh, this which is kind of nothing. Um, how do we balance it?
1: Right. So I think that goes into like your planning and your routine structuring of the day is that we would need to make sure that the child has a balance between socializing and socializing without any kind of device around them. um, And then having free time to do what they like, outdoor play, maybe a creative activity, um, maybe it sounds like some kids think that I'm absolutely bizarre when I say this, but actually take a board game and play it with your sibling or play it with your parent, you know, those kind of things. And reading, I'm, I'm such a big advocate of reading and the children know. They say to me, Hey, don't tell me again to read, but I will. I will yeah, tell them 100,000 times
0: to read. And eventually they'll enjoy it.
1: Absolutely. Even absolutely. a board game, and
0: we just tried it, I could say, and and. Th- after a long time of, no, it's boring, it's boring, uh, eventually they got so excited and so into it, it's amazing.
1: Absolutely. I think, again, that's where our parenting role comes in, is that we have to create that excitement. We have to sit with them and we have to have fun. There's so many valuable lessons that go with playing board games. There's turn-taking, there's, again, compromising, there's there's um, social interaction. All those things are vitally
0: important. Right. So, But we haven't touched really on... How do we actually approach our kids? And maybe I'll send out to the qu- to the public. If you have any ideas, how would you approach your teenager or your child about minimizing computers, about um, not watching at all? What would be your approach? It Seems to be a very difficult issue. O six one eight nine five one zero one nine is a WhatsApp line. Three four five one nine is a SMS line. On air highfm.com is an email. O one zero one four zero three zero two zero. You can call in. Please help us. What would you tell the child? in order to minimize their addiction or connection to media. Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. So we're in the middle of a, a discussion. I'm here with Heidi Baum, a psychologist in the community who's very experienced in these areas. And... In many areas, actually, in education, in schools, at homes. And we're discussing um, – we kind of left off in the middle of um, how do we um, approach our children about computers, about screen time, etc. And obviously – Asking any of the listeners, please, any help. How do you approach them? How do you minimize it or not? Or what do you think about it? 61 is the WhatsApp line. 34519 is the SMS line. 10 if you want to call. 10 You can always send an email at onair at com. So what do you think about negotiations? <laughs> Trying to put in some kind of context to what you can actually do.
1: Right so I think negotiations are excellent. I think that um, a method that I've used quite well that's been successful with kids is to say okay if you read for an hour you can get yourself half an hour you earn yourself half an hour of screen time. So the kids are getting to read for that hour and you would have given them the half hour screen time anyway but they feel like they've worked towards it and they've earned it and
0: they're kind that- of paying for their activity.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And I think it's been, it's it's worked really successfully with many children that I've worked with. Um, the parents and the therapists are getting the benefit of the reading and so is the kid ultimately. And then they're getting their payoff, which is fair. And because the truth is, I think that we all do look at our phones and look at our iPads and our emails and whatever it is. And I think it's, it's okay. It's part of right. our lives today. so But it needs to be moderated and it needs to be um, guided. And I think that's where parents come into it. So I'm good for negotiations. Good. And, yeah. I
0: have to say, my, my, from my experience, I've seen two kinds of negotiations. One is amazing. One is a disaster. The amazing one is, like you're saying, negotiate for goals. A child wants an amount of time on the computer or whatever it is. Do your reading. Do your fun things or whatever it is. your normal stuff and then go do it. that can work beautifully but when when your child says okay let me do my screen time and then i'll do the reading that's a negotiation that i've found to be a disaster agreed because it just doesn't work i don't want to give reasons i'm sure every because if i give reasons i'm just limiting because i'm sure every parent listening to this will give me 10 reasons why it just doesn't work it doesn't Make sure when you discuss with your children, when you make up a deal, when you do something, let them earn it first. They'll enjoy it much more. It will be fun for them. It was just like just like spending your money, the um, instead of loaning it and then paying it back as soon as you got it. It just doesn't work. It's not fun. It's not nice. Make sure that your kids can actually get to it.
1: Absolutely, I, I think I, they value it then they once value. they've earned it. It has then more they enjoy value it much more. Absolutely, they
0: enjoy it much more. I have to say that. Sometimes by thinking of the larger community, there's actually a benefit for us as an individual. I just want to give an example. I didn't get permission from the person, so I'm not going to say their name on the radio. But there's one young mother here in the community who did something amazing, amazing, amazing. I'm sure she's changed holidays here in Joburg. You'll see it in the next few holidays. And she did something very simple. She approached one of the schools that has a massive parking lot and asked if it would be okay twice a day, two hours in the morning or three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, to have it open for use of the community. The school was fine with it. And she invited all the kids with their parents. She said, I'm not babysitting. You come with your ch- with your parents or with your older sibling with their bikes twice a day. Either sometimes were with bikes, sometimes with. F- she got trampolines, and just had the community... Enjoy and have fun on the premises. It's been amazing. Kids woke up early in the morning, even teenagers, took their bikes, went to the park, were riding for two, three hours, came back in the afternoon, went back for trampolines or vice versa. I think she did an amazing thing. I actually heard from her she's planning to continue it next holidays. But that's, I think, a big changer. And sometimes when we think of our kids and we add to it the friends and the community, we could actually make it funner, nicer, cheaper for us by helping other people.
1: Absolutely. And oh. there's social interaction as well there.
0: We'll get into the social interaction after another short ad break. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM Chai Khinoth We are back to the last part of today's show. And I've been here in studio today with Heidi Baum, a psychologist. And we've been discussing holidays and how to put things in place. And right before the break, we spoke about um, an uh, amazing project of a young mother here in the community who, by just thinking of her kids, she had a great idea to invite all of their, her siblings, uh, sorry, all of their neighborhood friends into an empty parking lot twice a day, worked amazingly. Tell me something about how can we invest in social interactions in the last, uh, during the holidays?
1: In our sorry. last
0: few minutes that we have for the interview. <laughs>
1: So I think that what what this mom did was amazing because you've got a confined area where kids are, have to interact with one another. Um, when we were chatting in the break, we were saying it's not like we can just send our kids off to the park and they can go and socialize. We don't not have that privilege <laughs> in this country.
0: <laughs> Last week, Colleen we in, we're here on the show. <laughs> so we're balancing. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, um, I think what's, what a lovely idea is often is, is to have um, play dates, inviting friends over to our houses, Um You know, it doesn't have to be just a one-on-one. It could be a group of friends because often during the school term there isn't time for that with all extramurals and everything. I think that increases social interaction or saying to another, you know, family, we're going to so-and-so for a picnic. Would you like to join us or we're going on this outing? Come along with us. Those are also ways of increasing social interaction. So in,
0: invest in in social in socializing. I think it's, it's easier for everybody, cheaper and nicer and, and, and amazing for the kids.
1: Absolutely. Have a bra. Invite people over to come for a bra. Something You know, there's many ways around it, and I think it's really a great way of also just showing pe- your children about so many different valuable life lessons of interaction, of chesed, of, you know, opening your homes up to other people. They're all very valuable lessons. And then you can get your children to help you with in the process. You know, can you oh. guys put out the chips? Can you get those chairs out? Whatever it is. And and you that's amazing. And up.
0: teach when, if the friends are coming to you, show them the games, show them around me, help them feel comfortable. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing. So it's actually, um, we, we're ending off with the way that it's um, kind of simple, I would say, even to change our holidays from um, a very difficult time of just coping to actually have an amazing time of, of social environments, of connecting, because to be fair… Our kids don't really have that opportunity. They have their schools, and that's pretty much it. And and shul and shabbos, for those who go to shul and shabbos, that's pretty much what we have. And here's an opportunity to actually invest in relationships and connections. I'm sure we'll go a very long way.
1: Absolutely. Valuable lessons.
0: Unfortunately, we have to get to an end again on this show. Uh, you're kind of a regular on the show already, I think. If anybody wants to be in touch with you, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Sure. You can contact me on my cell, which is 082-441-744, or you can email me on heinic at com.
0: Okay. So that's Heidi Baum. And, and a very important message that you said during the, the, um, the show that we didn't even – I don't think we emphasized enough on. As parents, like when – you're traveling on the plane, they always say if the mask comes on, first the adults, so you can support your child, remember that also during holidays. You've got to be there for your children, but you've got to be filled up with power and have the ability to support them. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for sure, having not, me. I'm sure during holidays it's not that easy. And, yeah, I think it's a lot to learn from, a lot to grow. And we will be back, please God, next Monday from 2 to 3. Thank you so much for being with us today.